I am who I believe I am, and I do what I feel like I need to do. Thank you, God, universe, spirit guides, and angels for guiding my light and may have been inspiration to guide others. Ashe. So, what's up, Royals? Welcome back to episode five. Um, if you all would like to continue to send me questions, you can send them to Brittany Brene on Facebook and IG and Blue Without the E, Queen Dub on Snap. So let's get started with episode five, which is what things in my marriage made me sad. So being married, period, made me sad. So listen, a lot of people don't know this, but we were married long before the wedding. We were married in November of 2006, and the wedding was April of 2007, which was five months later. Um, Around the time that we met, a lot of things were going on and taking place in my life. I was adjusting to being back home from the military, as well as recovering from some severe self-esteem issues um, that stemmed from me being in a charter bus accident that left a permanent scar on my face. And I had just gotten out of a toxic relationship, so I was emotionally depleted. And I feel like I fell for the first person that was emotionally available to me to stroke my broken ego. And also my problem was I couldn't say no. So let me tell you how my inability to say no affected me in terms of being married and how this sadness intensified over the years. So I've always ignored my intuition because I've always been afraid of the truths that are revealed to me. Had I listened to my intuition, it would have saved me 13 years. So when I first met my ex-husband, he was unlike anyone I would have ever dated. But I had just gotten out of a toxic relationship and was sick of the same thing. So I decided to give it a chance. On our very first date... I experienced a whole plate of red flags. What he showed me that night was equally important to what he said, and I didn't give notice to either one of them. So first of all, it was uh, my first encounter with him alone, and I ended up driving his truck to a sand pit before the dinner. And that showed me that his work would always come first. But what he said at dinner that night was startling, But even for me, you know, I'll give somebody chance after chance after chance, no matter how much they ruin my life, I give you another chance. And that's what I was doing at this point. So we're sitting there at dinner, getting to know each other. And he brings up a series of questions that he had created himself to see if a woman could fit into his life. Now, I wasn't against the concept because I feel like when you're getting to know someone, there are questions that need to be answered. What got me was the fact that he said he would get me a copy to fill out. So in other words, it was a test and I need a pen or pencil to complete it. I'm sure the look on my face told him I needed an explanation and he gave me one. He said, and I quote, I'm already established and I'm not changing who I am for anyone. So when I got back home that night, that was it. His calls and texts were completely ignored because in my mind, I'm like, who the hell did he think I was? But the problem was we worked together. So over the course of the next few weeks at work, he had talked about me with a former classmate that worked there and some new friends that he had made. 
And they had the nerve to give him advice. So I think he took that as a sign to become more persistent. And he did. And remember, I told you I had a problem saying no. So I started to feel bad for him. And so one of the coworkers come and they say, well, he didn't mean this and he really likes you. So boom, now we're dating. Now we're talking. Now, in the back of my mind, the whole time, I knew it was a controlled thing going on. But yet again, I dismissed it. So let's fast forward to that summer. Um, Him and I both attended a wedding together. And after the wedding, I remember going downtown to the river. That's where he proposed to me. Now, I've never been proposed to before. So I'm not sure how I should have felt, but I do know that it shouldn't have felt like I was signing my life away. I was fake happy the whole night. Now, I didn't quite feel defeated because I could still walk away because it wasn't anything permanent. But let's go five months later. I remember being on the phone with him. Um, At this time, me and all of my siblings were at home with our parents, and I was sick of it, and they were sick of it, and I was just ready to go. This particular day, I remember my eldest brother cutting up because he was sick of being there too. I was on the phone with my ex-husband, and we were discussing this. So he said, well, I'm going to come and get you. So he did. He came to get me. He was working on um, the first house that we lived in, ended up living in after we got married. He was remodeling it, and I helped him from time to time remodel it. So after about an hour or so of us being at the house, a preacher pulls up in the yard. Now, we had discussed earlier about getting married early because we didn't want to live together and not be married. However, I was not expecting for it to be this day. So the preacher gets out. He comes in the house. Um... And he starts to talk to us about marriage. Here I am standing there in their living room lying like I wanted to be married and I understood what it took. I did not want to be married and I didn't know half of what it took to even be married. So needless to say, against my better judgment, we got married that day in that house. So when it was time to go to bed, I realized at that moment that I had made the biggest mistake of my life. I cried all night long because I knew I had fucked up. So let's fast forward five more months. It was wedding day. There were so many signs that day on why we shouldn't have been married in the first place. And I ignored them all. It was scheduled to be an outside wedding. So on that day, it rained most of the morning. Finally, by midday, the rain had stopped, so we were able to move everything back outside. So that was one thing that we had off our belt for that day. The next thing is, we hadn't done any other centerpieces for the tables. We had made the decision that we were going to have live fish as centerpieces, and no one had went to Petco to pick up the fish, so we didn't have the fish. Finally, they arrived hours before the wedding was supposed to start, and we were able to get them out. So that was another thing off our belt. Well, once, I mean, it was time. It was time to get married, and it was time for the wedding to start. So I'm ready to walk out. I have my dress and everything on. I knock at the door. My cousin comes in and say, we got a problem. I instantly started to panic, and I said, what is it? Well, first of all, the DJ couldn't get his speakers to work, and he don't have your song. So he's looking for another song, and we're trying to get the speakers fixed. I said, okay, that's an easy fix. She said, no. 
Also, Fred's sister is not here. She's coming from Oxford. She just got her clothes and she's going to be running late and they don't want to start the wedding without her. Mind you, no one was in the wedding but me and Fred, so it really didn't matter to me whether she'd made it or not. But it was important to him that she was there. So I had to wait until it started. So we finally get started maybe an hour and a half later and we were able to have the wedding. I had never been a quitter and I wasn't about to start then. So I, I proceeded with the day. So after the dust settled that night, um, we were having a conversation. And I was telling him my view of the wedding and what several of his friends had said to me. Now, as women, you recognize shade. Shade recognize shade. And I was saying what they were, had said to me and how I felt about it. And how I took those comments to be offensive. But he boldly looked me in my face and defended what he called his friends. He said those were his friends and don't talk about his friends. Y'all, these friends were females. And that was another realization that I would never be first in his life. First, it was his work. And now I realize it was his friends. Needless to say, I didn't ask for a divorce that night and the marriage continued. So over the next few years, a couple of kids were birthed. My true authentic self died and it became a lot more controlling and toxic. Out of 13 years of being married, we had family dinner maybe five times. All the other times he ate at his mom's house. That was my third and final realization that I would never be first. It was his job, it was his friends, and it was his family. And I fell somewhere beneath all of that. This realization came year four. And I spent the next nine years fighting for my life, at times literally. Over the course of 13 years, I developed diabetes, heart problems, 160-pound weight gain, anxiety, depression, panic attacks and high blood pressure and every day that I opened my eyes I fought until it was time to close them again I was past sad I was the walking dead so besides the toxicity it was the realization that I would never be honored the way I felt I should have been that made me sad so when people say I didn't give it a chance I beg to differ so that's it y'all for episode five episode six will be what has been my biggest failure in the last year and why do i think that happened okay so until then peace and power royals love y'all